0: Jesus. (laughs) Have you ever gone to Sunday school before? Because if you have, you have heard that reply many times. Why? Because that's the answer you gave when you didn't know the answer. We weren't dumb. We figured out right away that if you didn't know the answer, all you had to say was Jesus. And there's no way the Sunday school teacher would refute that or even argue that. What's the fourth book of the Bible? Jesus. What's your mom's name? Jesus (laughs) Jesus <laughs> they, they were just so happy that Jesus came out of our mouth I guess that they that they never argue if you gave Jesus as the answer even if it was the wrong answer period Jesus oh, 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 okay Johnny you know in fact I have a hunch that the person who coined the term Jesus is the answer that we use all the time probably did it after attending years of Sunday school I'm show you I'm this is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. What's up, Happy Lifer? How are you? I hope you're happy. I hope you're doing well. Uh, I just got back from a two-week happy adventure uh, where we had a couple happy uses uh, one in the basement, one in the backyard. Very cool. Did a lot of coaching. I actually helped a new nine-year-old client start her anxiously long-awaited YouTube channel. Of course, you're probably thinking, how long can it be when she's only nine years old? But it felt like an eternity to her. She could not wait. And she's been wanting to start one for a long time. And her parents finally said, okay, now is the time. So I will leave the link uh, for it in the show notes. Go make her happy. Like one of her videos, comment on it, listen to it several times, or you could even subscribe to it, which would even make her happier. I thought that would just be kind of cool, make make her a little bit happy. Uh, Or you could just search for Skyla Smiles um, on YouTube and you should be able to find her. I talked to a very successful businesswoman about starting her own podcast. Uh, Went to a bunch of national monuments with some happy lifers as well as coaching clients it looks like we may have even acquired a couple new Happy You coaching clients, which I'm super excited about. So I am filled as well as tired. Hashtag happy life. And I cannot wait to get this episode going because I want to talk some more about last week's podcast on why Jesus died for several reasons. The first is while watching Thor Ragnarok with a fellow happy lifer out in DC a few days ago, I got some more cool stuff that I am really excited to share with you. Secondly, there is so much more to dig into on this topic. And thirdly, and quite frankly, why did Jesus die for me deserves so much more than a Sunday school answer. Because a Sunday school answer is an answer that we give when we don't want to think about the real answer. To be honest, it's always bothered me a little when I would ask my own children, why did Jesus die for you? To which they would just fire off the quick and easy to forgive us of our sins answer. And I would have done something about it back then if I could have figured it out, but I couldn't quite put my finger on what was bothering me. Well, guess what? I have my finger on it now, and I can't wait to unpack this. And I'm so excited that we all get to do this together. Now, first off, believe me, I know that he had to die to forgive us of our sins. I know that this is very true and very vital. I'm not downplaying that Jesus had to die for our sins at all. The problem for me is, is that we're, we're just so quick to give the real quick answer and and then just go on with our lives. But it deserves so much more than that. There are so many levels on why Jesus died for us. And like we talked about last week, he died because he wanted to love us more. Well, how can he love us more when he is love, when he's perfect, when he's God, you know, Greater love has no one than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends, the Bible says in John 15. So if if there's no greater love than that, how can he love us more? Well, we talked about it last week and I don't want to dwell too much on it, but when he was Jesus, he was confined to skin and bones. He loved the world so much that he gave his his own life, but he could only love as much as his body would allow him to. But when he died... And went to heaven and sent down his presence, sent down his spirit, that his spirit could be with us all the time. He wasn't just confined to hanging out with 12 disciples. He's not just confined to teaching 5,000 people on a, on a hillside. He, he can be inside of each one of us, not just by us as Jesus. He couldn't live inside us, right? But he could, he could walk by us. You know, he could be with us, but as a spirit, he can be inside of us, and now he can love us even more because we have access to him twenty four seven. In the middle of the night, we don't have to go wake Jesus up and say, "Jesus, I got a question for you." Middle of the night, we can't sleep. It could be three thirty in the morning, and we could say, "God, what do you think?" I can't sleep. What's going on here? And His Spirit can actually live inside of us. That's how He can love us more. I mean, when He was Jesus. He could walk beside us, but when he's God's spirit, he can not only live inside of us, but he can own us. That's what Lord means, that he's our Lord. He's our master. He can possess us. Whoa, did he just go there? Did Steve-O just go there? (laughs) Yes, I did. You know, when we think of possession, we think of demon possession, and that can sound a little weird, but hear me out here. Jack Hayford is a pastor at Church on the Way in Van Nuys, California. At least I believe that's where he is. The reason I say that is because he's very wise, very knowledgeable. Um, His brain is amazing. His heart is amazing. And he was asked, can a a Christian be demon possessed? I mean, how do you answer (laughs) a question like that? And kind of like Jesus, whenever Jesus was asked a a question, he would always come back with another question. And Jack Hayford kind of said, riddle me this, Batman. You know, he came back and said, we're asking the wrong question. We shouldn't be asking if if a Christian can be demon-possessed. We should be asking if a Christian can be God-possessed. Yeah, Jack Hayford says that. So what does it mean to possess something? It means to own it. Isn't that what it means when he says he's a jealous God, he wants to be our Lord? That means to own something, to be the master of something. That's what I want to talk about today. Not just have a spirit inside of us, but have a spirit in control of us. Imagine... It says where God is, there is peace. I mean, he's love, he's joy. And when that spirit is so large inside of us that it controls us, then we're being controlled by love. We're being controlled by peace. We're being controlled by victory. Wow, I mean, talk about a happy life. I mean, that's a definition of it right there. I want my life to be controlled by someone who loves me. I want it to be controlled by love itself. That's what, when someone falls in love, aren't they possessed by love? I mean, my son right now is on his way to go ask his girlfriend to prom and he's made up all these signs and we came up with this really cool idea and what he's going to do. Oh, it's so cool. And rose petals and, you know, all these people holding signs and then she's going to go on a walk with her mom and he's going to be standing there you know, with a, with a sign in his hand and rose petal heart at the, when she looks at the rose petal heart, she's going to look up there. He's going to be standing. I mean, all the stuff that he's going to, he comes in today. Do you think it'd be good to get rose petals and put them as a heart? And I was like, yeah, that would be awesome. That's what it's called to be possessed by love or maybe possessed by infatuation, right? Whatever you want to call it, but that's, he's possessed by that. He she could all you ever think about. We love that feeling, that giddiness, that whole, that's what happens when an emotion, a good emotion overtakes you. Well, God is more than just a good emotion. He is love. He is the Prince of peace in his presence, is fullness of joy. So that same spirit, the Bible says that raised Christ from the dead can live in us, can enliven us. We talked about that uh, last week. So to possess something means to own it. And I went to Merriam-Webster's site online and check this out. These are some synonyms of possess, according to Merriam-Webster. To enjoy, to have, to hold, to own, to retain, to keep. God wants to not just live in us. He wants to retain us. He wants to keep us, right? Here are some words, according to Merriam-Webster, that are related to possess. Keep boast, show off, carry. Wow. God wants to carry us, right? I mean, I was just at a happy lifer's house out in DC and their daughter, when she goes to bed at night, she's the one who I made the YouTube channel for and she goes in her room, gets all ready, but then she always comes back out on the couch because she wants her daddy to pick her up and carry her to her bed. After he's had a long day and his back is sore, but every night, boy, he can't wait to pick her up and carry her to bed. That's why God wants to possess us because it's related to the word to carry, keep, boast, show off. Wow. God wants to show us off. That's why he wants to possess us. We should be asking, can I be God possessed? Can I have God's spirit so much inside of me that he carries me, that he keeps me, that he shows me off? Wow, that's amazing. And then Miriam Webster said a phrase that's synonymous with possess. It means to rejoice in. It's not like, oh, God just wants to control me so he can make me do whatever he wants me to do. I'm no puppet, right? No, he wants to rejoice in you. That's synonymous with possess. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. The very half, first half of this verse talks about how huge God is. It says, a message from the high and towering God who lives in eternity whose name is holy. He's showing you here who is about to speak this. He says, I live in eternity. My name is holy. I am the high and towering God. He says, I live in the high and holy places, but also get this with the low spirited, the spirit crushed. Wow. God wants to live in us. He wants to possess us. He wants to show us off. He wants to rejoice in us. He lives in the high and holy places, but he also lives with the low-spirited and the spirit crushed. Wow, that's so much more than to die for my sins so I can be forgiven of my sins, right? I mean, this is why he had wanted to go up to heaven so bad so that he'd come back and live with the low spirit and the spirit crushed. And then he ends this verse and says, and what I do is put a new spirit in them get them up and on their feet again. You know what that new spirit is? That's him. He wants to not only live in us, he wants to overwhelm us with his his spirit, his presence. So last week we talked about God want to love us more so his spirit could come inside of us, right? And love us 24 seven inside of us, not just next to us like he would have to do when he was confined to Jesus's body. Now he can love us perfectly inside. But he also wants to live inside of us. He also wanted to go up to heaven, so his spirit could live inside of us, so that he could use us as a tool to help other people. Like a wrench, a wrench does no good in a toolbox, and it doesn't do a whole lot in my hand. In fact, it could actually do damage in my hand because I'm, I, you know, I, I have, I've got wrenches, but um, it's I got to be careful when I use them because a lot of my friends. Call me Steve O, but those who really know me call me Steve. Uh oh, put a wrench in my hand, put a certain tool in my hand. Um, you're going to get uh oh. But you put that that wrench in uh, master mechanic's hand. Ah, one of our happy lifers works on on Air Force One. I got to go see Air Force One. You put a wrench in his hand, he gets to fix the plane that the president flies in. He gets to fix the what they call it the White House in the air you take that that wrench and put it in a master's hand he could do amazing stuff with us and so god wants to live in us and he wants to be able to use us to help love other people more because sometimes you just need i call it Jesus was skin on. That's why he showed up as Jesus, so that they could touch him and feel him. Can you feel me, dog? I mean, that's what he's saying. We can relate to God. He says, "No one comes under the Father except through me." Sometimes we just need God with skin on, and He can love us by being inside of us, or He can send somebody else to love us with human words, with human actions. Like my son today, when he when he asked his girlfriend out for the prom. It's more than just sending her an email. He's doing it right there in the flesh. And there's so many people that need that, but they don't always realize it. Imagine if God's spirit was so inside of us that he could guide us at any time and say, go here, do that. And we would just, just go do it and not even know why we're doing it. For instance, I was at Camp Daniel on a tour after one of our camps last last summer and we're on the new campground, we are almost moved in and we're showing this tour. And on the tour, we were talking exactly about that. We we're talking about this couple that, that we went to this pizza joint on this Camp Daniel thing and they were there. And we reconnected with them after years and years and years of ever seeing them. And she had been on my Facebook page, but I never really put two and two together. And there they are eating pizza at this restaurant. And we were talking about how God used them and how God brought them in our path and how they were a blessing to us. And as we're coming up the stairs from one of the buildings and we go outside, who is standing there but the very people that we were just talking about, how God had used them to help us. And they were standing there right when we came up the stairs, holding two checks, one for Camp Daniel and one for me. And earlier that week, I was about to have my power turned off because I didn't have enough money to pay for it. And I'm at Camp Daniel going, God, I don't know what's going on, but I need some help here. Please help us with the funds. And we're talking about how God uses people and how God uses this couple at Camp Daniel tour, right? We come up and there they are standing and she's holding a check in her hand, (laughs) That paid for my power bill that my wife is back at home and the power didn't get shut off. Talk about being possessed by God. Talk about being owned by God. Talk about being a tool in God's hands. Because here's what happened. They were driving to go up north and they were driving on a road that's, you know, I don't know, 10 minutes away from Camp Daniel. And as they're driving by, they felt this thing inside of their heart that said, we should stop off at Camp Daniel. We need to go to Camp Daniel. We need to write them a check. We need to write Stevo, see if he's there, and write him a check. As they're driving, God's spirit was so in them, it owned them so much that they became a tool in His hands. They weren't just sitting in a toolbox. God said, "I want you to go to Camp Daniel, and I want you to write a couple checks." And it's what I had—I had just given to God and said, "God, I need your help. I don't know what I'm going to do here." Um, I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill, but God possessed somebody else. He owned somebody else. He he spoke to somebody else. He showed somebody else off. They were a tool in his hand that God had blessed him with money so that then he could use that money to bless me as I'm blessing campers from Camp Daniel, a camp for people with disabilities. I mean, isn't that crazy? Romans 8, 5, and 6 says this, those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle, but never get around to exercising it in real life. That's the tool in the toolbox instead of in God's hands. But we can hear God's voice well enough when God is so alive in us that he can just put a thought in our head and says, you need to go here and give them this. You need to pay for that person's coffee behind you. I've got so many stories that I could tell, story after story after story of how God possessed me, and I did something that seemed really weird, but later on someone said, Steve, you had no idea what that did for me. I mean, it is so cool, but if we if we try to do it on our own, we never get around, if we're obsessed with measuring our own selves and our own success, we never get around to exercising this thing in real life. The verse goes on and says, those who trust God's action in them, right? That's the possession there. Find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing. God, exclamation point, right? When we trust God, when we ask him, when we want him to become so large in us that we find him doing his action in us and through us, God's spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now living inside of us, living and breathing God as a spirit inside of me. That's why Jesus died. He, and he wants to, wants to use us. But how many times do I, I pass by people that need help, but I don't even think about it because I'm on my journey. I'm in my zone. I'm living my day. But the Bible says that God has our days planned out. And so I want to be so in tune to God. I want to be so owned by God's spirit that anytime, anywhere, he could say, go do this and I'll just go do it. Just like those people from Camp Daniel that changed my whole, that was a big thing for me. God was taking me through a great big, huge test and they were the exclamation point at the end of that. But the very next verse, verse 6 of Romans 8, says obsession. We're talking about God possessing us, but now it says obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Why is it so weird to talk about God possessing us when when our flesh possesses us? Our selfishness can possess us, right? We have all sorts of things that can own us and get so large in us that it, it controls where we go. Our anger possesses us. So we get so angry that we do things that later on we regret. We post things that later on we wish we never would have post. We hurt somebody because we're so possessed by that negative emotion, by that negative spirit. Well, why not get possessed by a positive spirit? What's wrong with that? Because obsession with self, according to Romans 8, 6, says in these matters is a dead end. And then it says attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious, free life. That's happy life right there, spacious and free. Then it goes on and says, focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. And if God's possessing me, if God is owning me, if God is using me, if God is showing me off, I'm not thinking about myself anymore. And it is spacious and free. Trust me, it is the coolest thing in the world. And he ends ends Romans 8, 6 by saying, anyone, that's us, happy lifer. That's us. It's you, me, man. It's our friends. It's our kids. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores god ends up thinking more about self than god that person ignores who god is and what he is doing and god isn't pleased at being ignored and i don't want to ignore who god is and i don't want to ignore what he's doing god is wanting to love somebody right now and who knows maybe god is as i'm talking i'm saying things are coming to my mind that are just i i don't have typed down anywhere they're just coming to my mind because i think there's somebody that needs to hear that one sentence I don't want to ignore what God is up to. But if I'm focusing on myself, if I'm obsessed with myself, if I'm even possessed with myself or with anger or with discouragement or with sadness, whatever, I ignore what God is up to. But if I become so full of God's spirit, if I am overwhelmed with the spirit, then I'm not ignoring God at all. I'm actually doing what he is doing and I am the vessel that he is using to do it. (laughs) Wow. That's why Jesus died. That's why he gave his life for us. And that, my friends, is not a Sunday school answer. Make someone happy Make just one someone happy And you will be happy too. Thanks for listening. I hope that helped you as much as it did me. You're awesome. You're amazing. Go love somebody.